everyone, I'm Nicole. I'm Brenna. I'm Reed. And this is FitClick. This is a podcast where we talk about fan fiction. Wow. Yes. Amazing. Thank you. I didn't Unexpected. Know that. <laughs> it's, it's good. Um, and you are in for a treat, listener, because this is technically our holiday episode. <laughs> Woo! Um, all of us. Some like little jingle bell noises. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, this episode, all of us picked fic that at least is winter adjacent. So get excited. <laughs> get excited to listen to that. It's our, it's our seasonal episode, maybe. Seasonal. Yeah. Our winter app. Yeah. yeah. If, if you will. <laughs> Welcoming in the winter. Um, so we have three fics for you today. Brian, do you want to kick us off with yours? Definitely. Um, mine is Headlights in the Snow by Sarah's Girl. It is a Draco Harry Advent fic. Nice. Read. <laughs> <laughs> um, mine is called The New Homeowner's Survival Guide. It's by Almost Blue, and it is a BTS Namjoon Yoongi fic. Yay. And Nick, what about you? My fic is called Always Winter uh, by Halo Tolerant, and it is... It's Jen. There's no ship here. It's a crossover between Tintin and Chronicles of Narnia, all media types. As you may have heard in our last episode or seen on Twitter, we're running a rec exchange this winter. Um, Unfortunately, if you haven't already signed up, that's closed. So Too slow. Too slow. Gonna have to look out for (laughs) that next year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But for those of you who did sign up, thank you so, so much. Um, We had a lot of fun doing all the matchups. We already have one person who sent in their recs. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah, we're really excited about it. Um, We hope that you all will have a lot of fun with your pairings and finding some new fic. Yeah. If you are struggling at all with what you received from us in terms of your matchup, (laughs) please do not hesitate to reach out. Email us. You can also DM us on Twitter. We'll see those. Um, We are more than happy and excited to help you out with some suggestions um, or advice if you are struggling. We want this to be really fun and easy and not like a burden. So please hit us up if you need to. Or if you just like want to chat. Yeah, we're Hit here. Up, listeners. <laughs> oh. Hit her up. She's so lonely. <laughs> I'm so lonely. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, if you did not get a chance to sign up this time around, do not despair. We are going to be doing more events in the future. There's always going to be more ways in which you can engage with us, with our community, and we would love for you to do that. So just stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr to get the latest updates or, you know, listen to our show. We'll tell you. Yeah, if we don't forget. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> usually, usually we remember. <laughs> so, as our dear listeners might know, um, theoretically, Brenna and I are in the process of writing our Yuletide fix. Um, mine isn't exactly coming along as quick <laughs> as I was hoping. So I thought maybe, maybe I could just, you know crowdsource a fic from my dear co-hosts here at FitClick. Yeah, I let's love do it. it. <laughs> I also have written minds. This is great. <laughs> you can both use the same parameters yeah, and then yeah. write different fics. I think that's even better. It's I love like that. It's like two challenges in one. Yeah, okay. Nick, do you want to explain how we're doing this thing? Yeah, so if you're familiar with Archive of Our Own, colloquially known as AO3, um, a place where we pull a lot of fic from. So if you've read any of our fics from the show, you've seen the site. Um, when you post, there are a bunch of different 
uh, parameters, categories that you fill in to let your readers know what exactly they're uh, dealing with. Um, many of them are optional, so you can give them almost nothing, but most people give, you know, um, a decent summary, tag set, rating, expectations for um, the reader going in. So what we're going to do is we are going to set up essentially the skeleton of a fic. So here we go. We're going to do it each one at a time through each of the categories, uh, rapid fire style. Reed, are you ready? Uh, I guess. All right, let's go. What's the rating? It's mature. Nice. Archive warnings. We are only going to be tagging, uh, chose not to use. We're going to, you know, get a little bit maybe into some gray areas here. What fandom are we writing for, Brenna? Um, can I, can I list two? Yeah. Let's write for It 2017 and Pride and Prejudice 2005. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Wow. All right. Sounds good. What are, what are some of the the categories here, Reed? Mm, That category is... Uh, Femme Slash. Nice. <laughs> Nick, tell me about the relationships. It's gender bent Pennywise <laughs> slash Elizabeth Bennett. <laughs> Who are the characters, Brenna? Um, well, other than gender bent Pennywise and Elizabeth Bennett, um, let's get Big Matthew of K-pop. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. We're really I just over. watched a video of him. Okay. Um, I think he deserves to be there. <laughs> Sounds good. Fresh in your also, mind. Also, all those kids from It, I yep. don't know their names. Me neither. Um, <laughs> but all of them are there. Yes. And the other Bennett sisters. Okay. And um, Emma from Emma. Oh. <laughs> Great. Love that. Nice. Ooh. Okay. For additional, <laughs> for additional tags, we have Space AU. Uh-huh. Mm, bed sharing. Good. Angst with a happy ending. <laughs> mm, uh, existential crises. Oh. Um, intergalactic space wars. <laughs> lightsaber sound effects. Let's <laughs> um, <took> a turn. <laughs> there's no clown makeup in space. So that's oh, oh, shoot. That's brutal. <laughs> um, one real hair dryer. <laughs> um... Ooh, uh, uh, Nick, I'm, I'm tagging a friend to come in with some additional tags. Some more tags? All right, let's go. Um, enemies to friends to lovers. Great. For sure. Um, I think we're gonna have to do fake relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're fake dating in this. They also were fake enemies. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. In the beginning. I'm just giving you some additional context here. That's not even tags. Um, and fighting. Just straight up fighting. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And teeth. Oh, okay. Uh, Brenna, <laughs> what's it called, Brenna? Yeah, Brenna, give us a working title. Uh, can I can I sw- switch places with you, Nicole? You're great at titles, and I take like six hundred years. <laughs> I'll I'll say it really quietly, and then you can say okay. it. Okay, okay. Um, it's a uh, parentheses space and parentheses riot when I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you don't want to just tell our listeners? Oh, I guess. Okay, okay fine. I'll do my Brenna impression. Okay, great. It's a parentheses space and parentheses riot when I'm with you. <laughs> that was just me. <laughs> that was just, just you. you. Um, the Bren creator. Is it not us? It's oh, us. I guess. Well, I, 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 I think, know we're going to say creator. And yeah, co-creator. and then co-creator. You can be main creator. We have yeah, your yeah. AO3 pulled up. And then co-creators are Nicole and I. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. Um... Oh, I guess that leaves me for summary. Yeah, okay, hold on. I've got something. Oh, oh, Bren, please, by all means, (laughs) go for it. I think it should just say, in space, no one can hear you scream. (laughs) (laughs) Horrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, We have uh, some author notes at the beginning and at the end. Okay, okay. Um, You take the beginning. Yeah, great. Okay, the author's notes at the beginning go... 
Dear Yuletide, <laughs> Dear Yuletide recipient, thank you so much for this really thoughtful and engaging prompt. Um, I was really excited to fulfill it. Um, I also want to give some thanks to my lovely co-creators, um, without whom this would not be possible. Um, uh, um, I hope, I hope, dear readers, you'll stick with me on this uh, journey, not just through space, but through Pennywise's heart. <laughs> Nice. And Nick, the ending notes? The end notes are just, um, bet you didn't see that one coming, and then linking social media. Is there a little winky face yeah, after yeah, yeah. that? Okay. Defo. Great. Yeah. I feel good about that. Yep. I think I think that's our fic. That's what we need. Yeah. We should enable comment moderation, though. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. agree. People can't just be commenting all willy-nilly. <laughs> we don't like that here. <laughs> no, no. That's my tip for you, readers. The comments really are part of the fic. So if you're trying to do performance art the way that we are, <laughs> uh, you have to make sure that the comments that are getting through are the ones that are going to be appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Reed, did that help? Oh, I feel inspired like I've never been inspired before. I'm excited to see Big Matthew fight in this space more. <laughs> yeah. Also, listeners, please keep this secret because <laughs> the recipient can't know that this is Reed's fic. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's going to be pretty distinctive once it shows up. <laughs> you don't think there's anything else in Pennywise Lizzie Bennett? Well, there might be like one other, but is it really going to be in space? And is going to be gender uh, bent Pennywise? Yeah. I'm not yeah. going mean, to be teeth. You, you... <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> well, oh. good job, everyone. Stay tuned for that fic, I guess. Yeah, look forward to it, listeners. Mm-hmm. Keep your eyes out. Wow. Now that we've uh, created a beautiful fic, do we want to talk about ones that already existed? Yes. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. So to kick us off this week for this holiday-y episode, um, my pick is Headlights in the Snow by AO3 user Sarah's Girl. Um, It is her 2016 Advent fic. Um, It is Harry Draco for that classic fandom Harry Potter, Mm -hmm. um, which we certainly have never discussed before on this podcast. This is probably the only time we'll talk about it, I think. Yeah. I think so. Um, Yeah. So I brought this forward because I really want to talk about the concept of Advent fic. Um, In particular, I feel like Sarah's Girl has gotten fairly well known for writing one each year, especially within like the Harry Potter, Harry Draco world. Um, The plot for this is not particularly complicated. (laughs) There aren't really any big content warnings I think I need to give for it. Um, Basically, the premise is that a number of years after the war, they're all about 30 at this point. Um, Harry learns that Draco has gotten what he thinks like as a job. Um, that doesn't really make any sense. He's got, he, this is his job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, okay. Um, a number of years after the war, uh, they're all about 30 in this fic. Um, Draco now drives the night bus, which you might remember from the Harry Potter series. Wow. It shows up a few times mm-hmm. in the books and the movies. It's big and purple. And a multi-decker bus. So that's basically what he's up to. Um, Harry sort of stumbles upon him driving this bus. Um, And the rest of it is, like, pretty fluffy. Our friend of the pod, Cassie, likes to point out whenever I'm like, oh, what I like about this fic is it doesn't make them nice. (laughs) Um, This fic makes them super nice. Mm -hmm. It's fluffy. All the characters are very likable. It's a very warm, cozy fic. It's a pretty easy read. Um, and just very, like, you want to curl up next to a fire with, like, a mug of hot chocolate. I literally made hot chocolate. Like, I read the first three chapters of this (laughs) fic, and then I made hot chocolate to continue reading I think it's perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I want to get your like sort of first impressions and then I want to talk a bit about the formatting of this fic mm-hmm. and Advent fic in general. Yes, I thought it was very fun. It was very soft. It's like sometimes I do intentionally like sort fic by the major character death warning. Like I'm here, to, <laughs> I'm just here to hurt. Um, but other times I'm really not. And I think this was such a good example of a fic that you're looking for when you just want to feel like warm and nice. And it's not exclusively warm and nice the entire time um it mostly is and there's no point at which i'm like oh god this could not possibly end happily like i was pretty <laughs> sure it was gonna have a happy oh god ending. next chapter i think things are gonna go horribly wrong oh, no. and we're all gonna die no. you know how like when you're watching a movie and you see the character like get into their dark car and like she's like rifling through her purse in the passenger seat and you just know there's someone in the back seat about to like attack her mm-hmm. this fic felt like the opposite of that <laughs> <laughs> i guess everything was like well lit it was yeah. like safe feeling there was no sort of like ominous background yeah. music at any point in time like they went into what an alleyway and then instead of like getting mugged they like kissed <laughs> that was how i felt reading this fic yeah i liked it a lot i had a lot of thoughts about the fandom and dreary fic and like how that has been for me coming into someone who has never really read it before outside of stuff we've done for this show Um, but it was really fun to read. Like, I had a really good time. Listeners, if you are somewhere where it's snowing, or not, uh, or if you are, like, having an evening where you're like, ah, the holiday season, I just love the holiday season and feeling warm and nice, this is a great fic to pick up for that. Exactly, that's pretty much why I chose it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, um, echoing all of what you said, um, of what you both said, um, I thought maybe for me the most fun part of this fic is that at many times I thought the dialogue was really like snappy and delightful um through like between a bunch of different characters um like not just Draco and Harry but like Harry, Ron, and Hermione have some like really really wonderful moments um and just in general I just thought the dialogue was really well done um yeah I don't want to just like repeat what you guys said (laughs) because I felt very similarly like it was like warm and nice um, I think I really liked the emphasis on, like, what family looks like in this fic, because, um, it looks like different things to Draco and to Harry, and neither of those things are presented as, like, less valid, um, and I thought that was just, like, really lovely and heartwarming. Um, there are some OCs in this fic, they feature very prominently throughout the whole fic, um, and they were very, very fun. Uh, I don't think I read a lot of fic in which there are OCs, yeah. or I love especially. A good OC, yeah, but I like. I think especially if I read fic that have OCs, they tend to be sort of like background. Um, mm-hmm. And these were very much at the center of this fic, yeah. um, so that was really fun too. Um, and I know, Bren, you said you wanted to get into it. I have never read Advent fic before, like not like this. And to be honest, didn't fully realize what Advent fic was, or at least like this. Um, portrayal of it until I started reading. Mm-hmm. Like I opened the fic and I was like, "Oh God, twenty five chapters!" And I was like, "Oh, Advent. Okay, okay, okay. I see what this is. Yeah. Uh, how this is working." Um, but yeah, that was kind of fun too to sort of see how that all works. Yeah. So we've mentioned a few times now that this is listed as an Advent fic. Um, I tried to do a little bit of research before this on like when this started becoming like a common thing. Um, I don't fully have answers. <laughs> so if you know something, um, please hit me up. I'd love to learn more about it. But basically, 
um, what I was sort of coming across was that in the like early 2000s, there were a number of different fan communities, either one fandom communities or multi fandom communities, mostly centered on Live Journal, who hosted some like advent challenges almost where every day there would be new works posted by various authors so basically every day everyone in the fandom got a little advent gift um so that's one iteration i came across which i think would be super fun to see more of these days yeah, that's, that's, adorable. No, that's nothing i've ever like come across probably because the ones i was seeing were mostly happening yeah in like the early 2000s i was mm -hmm. not in fandom at that time <laughs> <laughs> like, 2002 i was not here yeah. um i was i but... was Seven. <laughs> yeah. You were uh, an infant. No, Nick. I was not an infant. I was in fandom. I actually was writing some of the fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> at at, at oh, the wow. age of five years old. <laughs> Don't expose me like this. Incredible. I'm so I'm so impressed with you as per usual. Thank you. Um, no, but this fic uh, takes it a little differently. It's not by multiple authors or anything like that. Basically, it uses a series of pictures, 25, one for each sort of day of December leading up to Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, and each chapter of the fic has to use that picture in some way. Mm -hmm. So there's 25 chapters of the fic. Um, I feel like they usually end around Christmas, although not all of the ones I've read are structured exactly the same. Um, and often posted somewhere around New Year's, maybe early January, which I also kind of love because it's... Like, sort of an extra little taste of the holidays after the holidays, often, mm. when you read, like, the newest one. Um, but, so, if, we're, if you look at any of these fics on AO3, um, each chapter will be titled, like, a image, basically. So, chapter one for this says, A Bus in the Fog on Westminster Bridge. When I first read this fic, there was a picture there. Now, I think because of... <laughs> Um, maybe some coding difficulties between AO3 and LiveJournal, where these pictures were hosted. It just shows up as an 18 plus LiveJournal <laughs> icon. That does not have any effect on this chapter. Like, yeah. that's not saying this chapter is 18 plus. But yeah, I think it's like a really lovely sort of fic format. It really like reminds me of sort of older fic formats. Um, I feel like when I first got into fandom, there were a lot more prompts people were working off like most of the time when I came across a fic it had been prompted in some regard whether it was in a challenge a kink meme something like this like holiday exchanges um song fic just friends mm -hmm. prompting each other I feel like nowadays a lot of people are just posting on their own like mm -hmm. and I don't know that there are the same sort of like meme communities yeah. that there used to be where I feel like a lot of fic was generated by those um so in some ways, like, the advent format feels like a little bit of, like, a taste of older fandom to me. And I think Sarah's Girl's writing also often feels a little bit, like, nostalgic to me, even when it's a brand new fic. Yeah. Yeah, I think currently a lot of things have shifted toward, like, fests and exchanges mm -hmm. that are easily hosted on AO3. Like, what I see a lot when I'm within fandom spaces, like, often on Twitter or, like, other places, too, um, is that people are working on, like secret santa exchanges mm, or stuff mm -hmm. like i'm pinch hitting for one right now just for kicks um or like yuletide is coming up like it's it's less like a community like a, a sub community of people that all do the same thing and more like you're at a party and there are waiters walking by with platters of hors d'oeuvres and you're like ah this fest i will do mm -hmm. or like this exchange i will do and they'll get collected into like collections and stuff on ao3 and other places but it definitely feels like a different 
kind of community. And in some ways, I think, like, it's more accessible to enter as a new person. And in other ways, I think that it has lost some of the the charm of, you know, knowing the people who are involved and feeling connected in that same way that you would be, like, if you were all, you know, not to continue making weird analogies, but <laughs> it feels like instead of just being in a city and you go to a place and you, like, do a thing there, you're, like, all living in, like, a dorm. And, mm. like, your next-door neighbors are doing this thing, so you're doing it, too. Yeah, I think it's interesting to see how Spanish communities have changed, mm. even just as long as we've been in fandom, which yeah. is nowhere near... 20 years. <laughs> yep. <me>. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, you threw me off. Um, I was trying to make just a short, short little comment. Okay. Um, I think it's interesting to see how Spanish communities have changed, even within just the time that we've been in fandom. And obviously there's a long history of fandom before that, and a history mm-hmm. of fandom on the internet before that. Um but it's, it's just interesting to see the ways different platforms change and how fans and fanish communities like respond to those because I think that's a big part of how we see those changes. Like memes were much more popular when everyone was on LiveJournal. Mm-hmm. Like as people have migrated more to Twitter, I think you sort of look to AO3 to host things mm-hmm. and you sort of have more separation between communities in that sense. You're not just like all talking and posting and mm-hmm. chatting all in the same site. You're doing yeah. things across different platforms, um, which I think can be really nice but it also can make things a little bit feel a little bit like like more disconnected at times too yeah you have to put in more work i think sometimes sorry Sorry. (laughs) okay um i think for me it's interesting because like like you were saying like this fic and like uh sarah's girl like it feels very much like fandom of old and i feel like maybe part of that is because harry potter is like especially for you like a fandom Mm -hmm. that you've been in for a very long time um and for me i think my um like my strongest connection to holiday fic or or just like things like we were saying like continually running like um prompt fests or whatever for me it's marvel mm-hmm. um and it is kind of nice because i do feel like even though i haven't participated in much of it i do think i see the same things crop up every year specifically within like steve tony fandom um but uh for me that's like one of the recurring things that i'm like oh it's this time of year again and it's not always like holiday like there's like they do like auction fic things that are really cool um and stuff like that but it's like it's like different fests or whatever that I've seen, I think for like the entirety of the time that I've been on Tumblr or whatever. Um, and that's always for me a nice little reminder of like, oh yeah, like yes, this fandom has grown and changed and whatever, but some of these things do still persist and are still popular. And especially I see the same sort of authors always participating in it. Um, and that's kind of nice. Absolutely. I noticed as I was reading this fic and some other Harry Potter ones that we've looked at, because I've only ever read Harry Potter fic for this pod, um, that there is sort of this language of fic that is legible to people who have been reading fic or been in this fandom for a really long time. I wouldn't say it was illegible to me, but I would say that I definitely noticed that there were some questions that I had that didn't really seem to be necessarily answered in a lot of these fics, especially the ones set after Hogwarts time. Like, there were a lot of references to Harry being, like, pretty notorious and just, like, getting to do what he wants, kind of, because, like, Chosen One. Um, Draco, notorious in kind of a similar way, but seemingly less famous. It was hard to tell. (laughs) Like, there is this sort of expectation that you have an understanding of the way the world works after Hogwarts in a lot of these fics where it does feel kind of like fic of fic um and I was like trying to keep up and I was like okay like uh aha this makes sense sure and like Harry 
like at St. Mungo's was able to just go back and didn't really have any issues because the nurse was like, sure, is it St. Mungo's? I think so. Okay, yeah, great. Just great. making sure. Was that in this fic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> one, of, one of the biddies is in the Oh, in right, the right, right, right. And Sorry, then, yeah. I was thinking about a lot of other fics. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so he's allowed to just go back because, you know, he's Harry Potter. Um, But at the same time, like, he doesn't seem to have any concerns about dating these, what, 60-something men he's been set up with over the years. 60 men men total, not, like, 60-year-old men. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm sorry. Which one of them was 60? (laughs) No, no, no. 60-something, that's the number of men that he has seen over the years that Ron and Hermione have been setting him up with. Like, there didn't seem to be any issue of, like, do they only want to be with me because I'm famous? He was just like, ah, like, another man. I feel like that kind of was there a bit, It though. came up a little bit, but I think I expected it to come up more. Okay. In a way, or, like, that I expected, I don't know, something different? Like... <laughs> I was going to say, maybe I saw that because I read other ones yeah. where that is explored more. It's and so I'm just sort of, like, bringing in all my other... <laughs> like, I'm doing the thing you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. I definitely don't think it was explored a ton in this fic. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was really interesting to try and see and, like, Harry still being really tight with Ron and Hermione, like, obviously is expected. Um, them being married and having two kids. I was like, wow, cool, fun. This is happening. Um, Hermione working for the ministry, I think. What? Oh, sorry. I was, the kids are like from the epilogue. Like it's oh, the same names and whatnot. Like interesting. Mm-hmm. The Ron Hermione stuff is often kept. Ah, interesting. Yeah, I read the epilogue once many moons ago and then expunged it from my mind. So I have little recollection of what that actually looks <laughs> sorry, like. Sorry, did not mean to. No, no, it's that. okay. Um, but yeah, I just think there is sort of this language to it that. I have been trying to sort of keep up with that doesn't necessarily detract from my enjoyment of a fic, but definitely does pull me back at times trying to be like, okay, is this canon? Is this not canon? I did read the books all at once in like a week in eighth grade and then never again. And I saw the movies out of order um, again, like once each. So I'm I'm not like the queen of Harry Potter lore (laughs) by any means. Um, So there was, there was some of that too, where I was like, is this canon? Do we care about canon? Like, a little, but oftentimes we don't. <laughs> I think that's the right answer. I think there's a lot of fanon for yeah. Harry Potter and Harry Draco fic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what you're saying about, like, fic of fic is kind of right. Um, I This is a pairing that's been around for quite a while. Yeah. And so there's sort of been, like, eras, I think, of fic and of... Uh, depictions of these different characters. Um, I think that happens in a lot of fandoms. The characters sort of change as fandoms, impression of them changes. And sometimes that's along with a change in canon, but sometimes it's all these years after we've gotten any, like, new Harry Potter material. Mm-hmm. Or at least new Harry Potter material <laughs> that we all, like, accept and yeah, enjoy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, it definitely has gotten to the point for me where sometimes I forget what is fanon and what's canon. Me too. Um, especially because it's been a while since I've reread the books. Um, and there are definitely certain parts of the books that I just straight up was like, mm, no, I don't accept this. And then fanon, I'm like, ooh, I do accept this. <laughs> and then and then sometimes trying to remember what has actually happened is a little difficult. Sometimes it's hard to talk about Harry Potter with my friends who have never been in fandom <laughs> because there's things I'm like about to say that I'm like, I don't think that was, wait, hang on. <laughs> like almost every Harry Draco fic I've read where this is applicable, Harry testified at Draco's trial. Mm-hmm. That's one of those things where it's like, I, yeah. I, I had a moment like a few months ago where I was like, 
wait like I was about to say something to someone that I had to like catch myself yeah um but I think oftentimes there's like in these sort of like fandom cycles an author will post a fic that will get really really huge Mm -hmm. and then people will sort of use that characterization for a while until someone posts something else that feels a little bit newer and a little bit fresher and then people pick that up and I think Sarah's girl as an author is someone who a lot of their fic gets like picked up in that fandom cycle um she has some works that are like very very popular Mm -hmm. um and very very big and i think the further you delve into draco harry fic the more you could be like oh this really reminds me of that draco Mm. or that harry and i think draco especially because he's a character who has to sort of be built up so much by fans Mm -hmm. there are these sort of notorious depictions of him that were like spearheaded by one author at one point in time with one monumental fic or whatever Mm mm-hmm One thing I wanted to talk about with this fic a bit is what moments sort of get elevated into big emotions. Um, It's a really pretty quiet fic emotionally. There is not a lot of angst. There's honestly not even that much like pining happening in it. Harry seems to come to terms with his feelings about Draco like very quickly and very easily. Yeah, and Ron and Hermione both come to terms with them. Yeah, they're like, great, you found love. We're so happy for you. Who cares? It's like Draco Malfoy, who we hated for all these years. Um, Thank God we don't have to find a 61st man to set you up for this on a date. Oh God, we're so relieved. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I think one thing it does that's sort of interesting is. A lot of the fic that we've talked about on this podcast and we'll continue to talk about is fic where the characters feel a lot and there's a lot of emotional moments um, and there's a lot of like angst and pining, even if the fic isn't heavy or dark. um, I think that's like the kind of character development that all three of us gravitate towards often. Um, And this fic does very little of that, which is kind of refreshing sometimes, just Mm -hmm. read something where people are easy to figure out. Um, But it does sort of like, I mean... It does have to have some conflict. It's 25 chapters long. (laughs) Um, And one of the ways the author does this is to turn something that should probably be like a really minor fight into like a much bigger fight. And I think it's interesting because you wouldn't really have space for that in a fic where characters were like feeling a whole bunch more because there'd be other things that sort of take precedent. And... I don't necessarily, like, love everything about how it was executed. I think Harry's kind of annoying in it, (laughs) but that matches Harry of the books Mm -hmm. to me, who also sometimes is kind of annoying. Um, So I didn't, it didn't, like, detract too much. Like, the things I didn't love about it didn't detract too much from the scene for me, Um, even if I didn't think it was, like, perfect. Um, (laughs) But I thought it was interesting because it basically hinges around Harry feeling like Draco has lied to him. And I think it's a really good representation of how it can feel sometimes when you when you think you know someone really, really well, um, and then you find out one thing that kind of throws you. And sometimes that thing can be really minor, but it is this sort of upsetting feeling of like, do I really know them at all? And I think Harry has like this big spiral about it, which feels fitting for him. But I also think this that was smart of this fic to do it like that, because so much of what this fic centers around is Harry feeling like he gets to learn stuff about Draco that no one else knows. Like, he's, Draco's kept the fact that he mm. owns and runs the night bus very, very quiet. Um, and he very he very much hides, sort of, from society. And I think Harry sort of feels like he's been let in on this big secret and can't mm. imagine there being more secrets. And I liked that that was the conflict Sarah's girl chose to input, even if sometimes I was like, Harold, it's not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was a very kind of Gryffindor righteous anger. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought that was fun too. I also really liked that in the sort of ensuing argument they had, um, there's a moment where Harry is talking to Draco and he says, I'm not trying to rescue you, Harry grinds out. I'm trying to yell at you, but you keep interrupting me. Because um, Draco is like, stop trying to rescue me, blah, 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 whatever. He's like so annoyed. Um, and I really liked that moment because I think, uh, bear with me as I discover Drary for the first time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like that there were these moments where they were looking at each other and seeing the wrong thing. Because that feels like so much of what their dynamic was built off of when they were younger, too. Like, Harry sort of needed an arch nemesis. Um, and it wasn't going to be, I guess, Voldemort when he was alive. <laughs> so Draco took up all of this space in his head for so long that, like, yeah, of course when someone means so much to you, even if it's, like, not a meaning that's very fond, you are going to build up this version of them in your head that doesn't actually exist. And I like that in a lot of these fics we are seeing the first moments where they are seeing each other for who they are and not who they think the other person is. Absolutely. I think Drary. That's of, I think that's one of the things that makes that work. Yeah. And there's a there was a really good thread on Twitter like a couple weeks ago that I saw that I might retweet when this comes Ooh. out about sort of like why um, like enemies mm. to friends to lovers can work. And I think it really resonated with what I like about Drary. Yeah. And I think it gets it a, a bit at what you were just saying, Nick. And also sort of like how those realizations can allow them to see things in each other that are like truer than what their friends see. I also think, Nick, what you were saying reminded me of, there was a scene in this that um, echoed a little bit of a scene that we talked about in Stately Homes of Wilshire, which was mm. just, um, and and this was way more lighthearted than like the argument we were just talking about, but um, they're just like bickering and they have a very similar moment where they're like, where Harry's like, I'm sorry, I just like literally don't know how to not bicker with you. <laughs> um, it's so ingrained in me. And then like a few chapters later, it's the same thing back where like Harry says something like very neutral and Draco kind of snipes at him and is like, <laughs> yeah, sorry, you're right. I like literally do not know how to talk to you without like this sort of back and forth, um, which I just felt like is, which is just when you were talking, Nick, is something that kind of reminded me of um, and that I that I also think is, if not the, that exact change of and I think it's something that even if it's not that exact exchange of words, that's also a concept that I've seen a lot in Drury Fic mm-hmm. is like, okay, we're trying to learn how to like each other now. We just keep falling back on these like same old habits. Mm-hmm. Drury might be actually good. <laughs> well, if you considered this. <laughs> a lot of people haven't. So I'm glad we can spread that gospel. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was deeply skeptical, so... And here you are now. And I'm working hard to convert I you. I know. I feel like we've, we've had a really good progression in the three <laughs> dreary fix I've made you read. Yeah. Um, we started with one we didn't talk about on this pod yeah, yet, yeah. Um, yeah. which was Timeshare by Astolat, in which oh. things are mean and brutal and harsh. Yeah. Oh, what and a surprise. And went to Stately Homes, in which things are sort of in the middle. And now we've gone to Headlights in the Snow, which is pure, pure fluff. Yeah. <laughs> Getting the full spectrum of Jerry. Yep, exactly. Yes. You have to ease into fluff. That's my that's my MO. <laughs> I mean, for us, yeah. low-key, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something that I mentioned at the beginning um, of this when you introduced the fic was that I really liked the way that families were presented here. Um, and part of that is also related to the OCs that I mentioned. Um, so Bren, like you said, Draco's new job, or Draco's job that he's had for a while, is um, that he drives the night bus. Um, but the night bus is, like, not a particularly, like, popular way to travel. Um, not a whole lot of people use it, except for there are a group of, like, four to seven, I I think, like, four core women, but four to seven, um, old women who refer to themselves as the Biddies Club. Um, 
who sort of talk about the fact that for one reason or another, they don't really have anyone else. Um, not necessarily that like they don't have any living family members, although some for some people that is the case, but more so in one way or another, they are kind of alone. Um, and they found each other and Draco and the night bus. And so they meet every single day and the night bus is sort of like transformed to be like their own little space. Like they have, each of them has like an armchair that's dedicated to them that the sort of bus's magic created for them. And they have tea and like biscuits and they do crafts and all sorts of things. Um, it's so cute. It's, really it's cute. so cute. Um, and for Draco, who uh, at this point, Lucius has passed away and his mother lives on a commune yeah. is what it says. France, that was pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, in like France or Belgium or something. Yeah. Um, so for Draco, like his parents aren't around and he also actively sort of wants to distance himself from um, sort of like Malfoy Manor and all of that. Um, for him, his family has become this group of old women um, who very much look out for him as much as he looks out for them. Um, and for Harry, it's the Weasleys. I think the last thing I want to say about this fic is sort of going off the idea of family. Um, and in the last few chapters in particular, there's sort of an emphasis on tradition, mm -hmm. but notably like weird made up family <laughs> traditions. <Yes. laughs> um, there's a sort of a series of a few of them, um, including a tradition that they do at George's wedding. Yeah. That's basically almost like a series of trials for him before he's allowed to get married, but they're really ridiculous. Uh -huh. um, and then in one of the last chapters, Harry and Draco go to this like, pre-Christmas, like, bonfire out mm. in somewhere <laughs> um, in the countryside that has a number of, like, sort of serious, like, has a number of ridiculous things happening yeah. at it. And I think it's just such a sort of lovely, funny take on Christmas tradition. It doesn't make anything too heavy or weighty. And I like how it also, like, how it also implies that you can build your own traditions with your own family, even if that family is someone that you've chosen. Um, it's not biological. Um, and maybe it's a, a newer thing, too. Like, Draco's sort of just building these traditions with, like, the biddies. But those traditions can still be meaningful, even if you're just now creating them. Um, and I just really like that sentiment for the holiday season. So if you need some holiday cheer, I would highly recommend... Headlights in the Snow by Sarah's Girl. I would also ha highly recommend her other Advent fix. <laughs> um, if this was not the premise that sounded ex most exciting to you, yeah. um, there's other ones that I think convey a very similar warm, fuzzy, cheerful feeling um, with different plots. So check them out if you want something cozy to read this winter. So I think on a scale of... Um, how holiday-esque our picks were. Mm -hmm. Brenna's hits the, like, very holiday. Ultra holiday. Mm -hmm. um, mine's like, oh, I guess there's a mention of it. Uh -huh. um, and Nick's is... <laughs> you'll, you'll see. We'll see. Um, so, so stopping on this, um, yeah, it's holiday adjacent. It's winter adjacent. So with that, um, my fic is The New Homeowner's Survival Guide. It's by Almost Blue. It's a BTS RPF fic, and it's Namgi, which is Namjoon Yoongi. So this fic is an AU. Um, in this fic, instead of them being a group of seven where they're all idols, Yoongi is a producer. Um, and mostly he produces for the quote-unquote nation's boyfriend, Jun Jung Kook. Um, he's the only one, I think, in this fic who went sort of the idol route. So Namjoon and Yoongi are both music producers. Um, they both work in sort of similar circles. They don't know each other super well, apart from the fact that Yoongi, um, his favorite activity is sort of to look out his window and wonder about what Namjoon is doing and to uh. really just spend a lot of time pining over Namjoon. <laughs> Yoongi also has a sort of like 
funny dynamic with Jungkook. Um, obviously, he produces music for him. He sort of, like, refers to him as a brat a lot. And he's like, ah, this child. But, like, there's a lot of love there. Um, Jungkook is dating Tae, who is over a lot. Um, mostly this fic just kind of centers around Yoongi pining over Namjoon from a distance. And then abruptly, not from a distance. Um, it is really, really funny. Um... The characterizations are, like, a little over the top in a way that I really enjoyed, I think, because, like, the purpose of this fic is just comedy. Like, I don't think any part of it takes itself seriously. On that note, um, I don't think this one really has any content warnings. The only thing I'll say is that um, there is a scene in which a character has an accident, and briefly some of the other characters get very concerned. They think it's very serious, and it turns out to be very minor. Um, I think that is really the only thing I would potentially worn out for, but it's really a fairly lighthearted fic. I think one of the things I love most about this fic is, um, apart from the fact that it's really funny, is just like the characterization that it does. I think it presents really strong character choices for all of them. Um, and as I said, a little bit over the top, but the way that it establishes those characters are not only very humorous, but also like uh, very striking, I think, like very well done. There are certain lines that just do a lot of work and not in the way that I usually use it to mean like, oh, devastating, just like, it gives you one sentence and you're like, great, I know everything about this character and the archetype that they're playing in this fic. Um, it's also just like, it's funny, it's cute, it's very rom-com-y. Um, and I think maybe that more so than the fact that it's set around Christmas is what made me think of it as sort of a holiday fic. Um, it also was part of like a holiday exchange, which I might get into a little bit later about why I sort of associate like exchanges with holiday fic and like why I think that sort of is a broader category. But um yeah, I don't know. It was funny. I enjoyed it. I'd love to hear what you guys thought. It was cute. I liked it a lot. I thought it was fun. I thought it was very goofy. I liked that the miscommunication was leveraged almost exclusively for comedy because I find that a lot more enjoyable than when it's leveraged for like drama because then it's like just say the words you're trying to say, people. Um, but in this case, I thought it was fun. Uh, you're right, the characters are hilarious in this. Um, it was fun. Like, it's pretty short. It's like 6,000 words. Um, it was uh, a breeze, a delight, a joy. <laughs> I had some thoughts about how it's a rom-com and, like, how a lot of fic operates in a similar space when it's not, like, super angsty. Um, but I will get to more of those later. Overall, I just had a good time reading it. Thank you, AO3 user Almost Blue. Min PD Nim. <laughs> Thank you. That's my that's my statement about this fic. Um, no, I really liked it. I I like the Yungi of it a lot. I often like the Yungi of fic. <laughs> I don't know, I just think he's someone who like when it comes to BTS fic, I feel like I often really enjoy reading fic centered around Yungi. Um he's not always like my favorite member of Bongtan, just like on stage. Um <laughs> I think there's an outtake somewhere of me being like, I'm a Namjoon bias <laughs> in an earlier episode. Um, that is still true. Anyway, I think that like all of the boys have sort of their archetypes that fandom sometimes writes them as, and I find the one people use for Yoongi really enjoyable. Um, yeah, it's, it was a very funny fic. Jungkook is really funny in it. Yeah. Um, it is incredibly rom-com-y. Um, I have watched a bunch of K-dramas recently, and I would bet you this author has watched some too, so I think it had a little bit of that flavor. Um, I think the some of those shows that I've seen really like these sort of 
miscommunications for comedy, miscommunications for romantic pur purposes that mm -hmm. this fic relies on, um, and sort of misunderstandings about what the relationship between two people is, <laughs> <laughs> which is a big part of how this fic operates. Um, yeah, I thought it was lovely. It was such a quick little read. It was fun. It was funny. Um, it was like the perfect break in between reading like either longer or heavier stuff. Yeah. And I think that's also such like a nice, like sort of fresh, like a palate cleanser. A palate cleanser. <laughs> and that's also something I think I often look for, for with holiday fic. Yeah. It's something that has that feeling, you know, it's quick, it's light, it's fun. Um, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's just like nice. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, I think what you were saying about archetypes is super interesting, um, especially given that we all really enjoyed the Jungkook of this fic, because <laughs> something that um, Nick and I talked about a little while ago, like not on the pod or anything, was just that um, I think we both said we felt like in the BTS fic that I've read, I feel like Jungkook maybe has the least um, like common archetype. Like I feel like I've mm. of all of the members, I think I see him portrayed the most in different ways. Mm -hmm. um, I think one of the things that stand out stands out most about the Jungkook of this fic is like just how much he like trips over his own feet to try to like <laughs> improve Yoongi's life um, in a variety of ways, um, and how much he just like he's just so earnest in like supporting Yoongi and Yoongi's like cute. yeah Yoongi's like out here like sipping whiskey like oh Jungkook you have no idea about like the complexities <laughs> yeah. of life and Jungkook is like. You make the sickest beats. <laughs> Yoongi's like, I regret all of my career choices. Um, it's just, like, such a fun dynamic. And I think, like, Bren playing into what you said about, like, the Yoongi archetype, I feel like it really elevates those things mm -hmm. about Yoongi. Because um, I think, like, sort of Yoongi's stage persona comes across as he's, like, he's on rap line and he sort of presents this, like, tough persona almost. Hardcore. Um, hardcore. And then, like the Yoongi and all the behind the scenes is just like so soft um but also like so exhausted on every single like, yeah. on a molecular level um and I really feel like that is the Yoongi of this fic is like just playing up that sort of like world wary um as contrasted mm -hmm. by Jungkook's like puppy like enthusiasm um which I think was like a really really fun pairing and I think I think the uh, Jungkook and the Tae in this bring out, like, the fun parts of Yoongi. Yeah, yeah. Because it's sort of, this fic does a fun thing where when it's sort of just describing Yoongi and Yoongi sort of in his head almost, it's like, oh, like, I'm so tired, like, life is so hard, you know, um, I make these sick beats, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, is but, that like, all you know, in life? He thinks about, like, he bought this nice apartment, which is great, yeah. and he's really happy about that, but there's obviously, like, kind of something missing, and he's still kind of sad about, like, not having like a boyfriend and all these other things and then it could be kind of what we've talked about before about like these characters having like these like emo moments <laughs> the emo shutdown the emo yeah, shutdown yeah. Yungi could have an emo shutdown moment uh -huh. but Jungkook and Tae are both so yeah. funny he's and trying to light. stop the two of them from like burning his apartment yeah exactly <laughs> and, and chaotic yeah and not only does it um, bring humor to the thick, but it shows Yoongi's funnier, happier, lighter sides as well. Like, it keeps him from just being this, like, emo, like, I'm on rap line, I have all these feelings, like, mm -hmm. person. Like, yeah. he has that side to him, but he's also, like, really fucking funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think also just the fact that, like, so, like, Jungkook is one of the nation's, like, biggest stars, and so he's sort of, like, hides Jungkook in his apartment a bunch and, like, lets him have a space to be with his boyfriend, Tae, because, like, that's not public. And I think that's also a thing that sort of helps, like, 
soften the Yoongi of this fic. Or not yeah. soften him, but sort of, like, you know, shows a different side of him mm-hmm. is that he also cares a bunch for these two. Um, I also just want to, like, sidetrack briefly into the Tay of this fic just because the characterization line for him is, I think, maybe one of my favorite lines in the entire fic, <laughs> um, which is Yoongi looks over at Tay and the fic reads... Um, he was theoretically reading a book in the way he theoretically did a lot of things, attractively, with great intensity, and a complete inattention to the stated matter at hand. He was currently using Yoongi's book on polyrhythmic percussion techniques as a pillow as he massaged his calves after a particularly brutal hot yoga session. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That feels right. It just feels spiritually correct. (laughs) I wrote, the imagery, impeccable, because just like... It is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think... Something that this fic does really well, and this is sort of what we've been talking about, but I'm trying to, like, summarize it a little bit, <laughs> um, is that all the characters, especially because this is a short fic, do play into these archetypes, but the fic doesn't let those become too heavy or too all-encompassing. It always has moments where it sort of challenges those and makes them funnier. Um, like, one of the things about this Namjoon is that, like, he's very clumsy. We know that about Namjoon in real life, uh-huh. but sometimes I think that can like in fandom that can push over into feeling like okay but he's like also all these other things like he's not just this and like surely like we must be tired of talking about this by now but I think this fic does just enough of those like little sort of like archetype characteristic moments to make these characters feel recognizable but it also allows them to be full and funny beyond just those things which I think is really nice it keeps it feeling like fresh yeah, and they can be a little bit wild because this is a rom-com. Yeah. So, listeners, <laughs> ah, I did some reading. Next TED Talk time. It's ta- Oh, it's really not what this is about to be. Um, I did some searching about why we love rom-coms, um, just out of curiosity, because I thought that this was so fun, and also, like, it was really wild. Uh, why did I like it so much? Tell me, uh, someone with more knowledge of these things than I. So I found this article on E! News, um, about the psychology of the rom-com and how it affects our love lives. Wow. <laughs> Exciting. Um, and so one thing that came up in this article, uh, it reads, you know how there's always some sort of social conflict that gets resolved in a totally unrealistic way? It turns out that we're all just huge balls of anxiety and watching these problems get worked out on screen is total catharsis. Ready to call your therapist yet? You should be. <laughs> uh, thanks, Enus. Um, which I thought was funny, um, because very much, yeah, with this fic, I didn't think, like, Yoongi watching Namjoon through the window and, like, making all these assumptions about his life was going to be an issue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the same way that if someone was like, I've been watching you through your window, I'm in love with you, too bad you have a boyfriend, I'd be like, hello? <laughs> right, like, in this fic, I'm never worried about Namjoon, like, calling the police on yeah, Yoongi. Yeah. <laughs> because Namjoon's like, I've been doing it, too! <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Which is, like, rom-com. Of course. And their friends are the ones that set them up. They put this, like, poster up in Yoongi's window that's, like, dinner at 7 p.m. at my place. Come over. Namjoon is just handed expensive wine and shuffled over by his friends. Like, it's so, like, there's so much meddling. There's so much chaos and nonsense. Uh, But I think it is a lot of fun as a reader to be able to see, like, ah, wow, love transcends everything, and it's beautiful. Um, but also just that, like, these goofs can lead to something, like, fun and nice, and that you can be a mess, and you can be um, just barely at the surface of a deep pool of ennui at all times, and still have, like, a fun and happy ending. <laughs> so I was thinking about that while I was reading. It's just very, a lot of classic 
miscommunication and I think it's always especially funny when there's a miscommunication where there's like two characters who both ID is like gay or queer in some way and one of them is like trying to come out to the other but the other one thinks that they're homophobic (laughs) I don't know why that's so funny to me that scene Nick that you're talking about is also yeah so so funny um basically like Yoongi has been looking through the window and he sees Namjoon with who he thinks of as Namjoon's tiny hot boyfriend Mm -hmm. um and then he, like, Namjoon basically, like, slips off of a stepladder trying to set up Christmas decorations. And Yoongi's like, oh, God, he's dead. Yeah. So Yoongi, like, runs over to his apartment um, and bangs on the door a lot. And eventually Namjoon answers. And after the conversation, Yoongi's kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, I guess you're, like, special friend can take care of you. And Namjoon's <laughs> like... literally says special yeah, friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Namjoon's like, what are you talking about? And Yoongi finds out it's not Namjoon's boyfriend. Um, and then Namjoon makes a reference to, like... Yoongi's boyfriend who he thinks is Tay, and Yoongi's like what no and then there's this whole thing where like <laughs> Yoongi basically like thought Namjoon was being weird about the gay things and he was like like I like are you okay with alternative lifestyle choices and it goes I am Namjoon said the words tripping over themselves oh I am I'm um very alternative myself alternative lifestyles big fan <laughs> Which is so hilarious. It really reminds me of a scene from a TV show I don't think either of you have watched, but you've probably seen the gift set because it was everywhere. Um, um, it sort of reminds me of a uh, scene from a show I don't think either of you have watched, but you've almost certainly seen the gift set somewhere um, from... Uh, what, what did One I, Day at a Time? One, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. From One Day at a Time, um, where the one of the characters is trying to come out to a girl she's interested in. Mm-hmm. She's not um where the one of the main girls is trying to come out to someone she is interested in um and it's such an absolute disaster and (laughs) it has that same feeling and she basically just ends up being like me me gay (laughs) (laughs) and that's exactly Namjoon in this moment just like utter panic and like an inability to say the words you actually mean And also, I don't know why, but you saying this made me think of the, in Star Wars, when Han Solo's like, um, everything's fine, situation normal, we're good, how, how about you? And then, like, panics and just, like, shoots the, like, speaker box thing. Um, it is just that, like, the hilarity uh, of, um... Gay panic. Well, Han Solo's gay panic. <laughs> I mean... Well, um... Arguably. I guess. I have not seen those movies. <laughs> One other thing in this article that I was reading, too, that I thought was interesting because I was trying to figure out how this actually did or did not apply to my fic reading. Um, One of the quotes here comes from um, a psychologist that says, Rom-coms also convey the illusion that self-fulfillment and self-worth can only be found in an idealized romantic relationship. Um, and then it gets into, like, uh, womanhood, and it's, it's very gendered. But um, that first bit I thought was interesting, because I was trying to figure out, I was like, is all of the fic I read hamstringing me in my romantic pursuits? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the question. But also, like, do I actively read about idealized romantic relationships, like, 99% of the time? No. <laughs> the fic I'm writing for this episode, too, like, absolutely does not involve an idealized romantic relationship <laughs> or any romantic relationship, but... I don't know. I thought it was interesting because, like, this fic definitely, like, they're both a mess. Um, And I was just trying to figure out why, A, there's such, like, a centering on romance in fic in general. 
uh, that's a big question that we probably are not going to be able to answer today. Um, and then B, why there is such a disconnect from the kinds of, I guess, like relationships in movies and TV and stuff that I feel like get really popular. And then the stuff that is super, super popular in fic, because I feel like they are kind of different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was like, because you mentioned the article to us um, yesterday, and I yeah. thought that was super interesting. I think maybe my personal take, at least in part, is I think it's sort of reflective of... Um, the type of space that fandom is and also I don't want to make like too many generalizations but I feel like a lot of the fic authors that like I engage with tend to be in the queer community in some way and I wonder if maybe the reason why like you know rom-coms are this like oh they're this idealized like romantic thing and like it can negatively impact you like your own Mm -hmm. perception of your life versus like fic being um maybe not like everything wrapped up like nice and pretty but sort of like I don't know if escapism is the right word, but I was kind of just thinking about, like, queer authors and, like, sort of the stories that they want to tell. Even, like, this one that is, like, very funny and is very rom-com-esque, I feel like doesn't doesn't give me the same opinion necessarily that I'd have if I was watching, like, a movie. Kristen Bell and Josh Gad. Yeah, yeah just sure. for example. Yeah. But I think maybe part of it is because together. it's, like, queer <laughs> instead of straight. Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know. This is a thought I was sort of having as you were talking, but I wonder if it's sort of like, for many people within the queer community, we know very well from real life that having an idealized relationship is hard. Mm -hmm. Like, there's sort of this, you come to a realization as a queer person that like, it's not going to necessarily be easy to Mm -hmm. be in a relationship Mm -hmm. because of the world we live in and that can be more or less so depending on your life situation and where you live and all these things. But I think... You know, we all sort of realize, oh, okay, there are barriers here that maybe there wouldn't be if I was straight. Um, And so I think maybe you already know that about the real world. Mm. So reading fluffy things where things go perfectly, you know it's just escapist and you don't really place that on top of your own expectations as much Mm. as if that is all, like, as Versus, like, maybe that's the only thing you're seeing. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know how to say this. Um, right. Well, it doesn't feel like a map for the thing that you were supposed to have in the same way that, like, right. rom-coms can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not to say that I don't think, like, you couldn't look at fic and have those same, like, idealized... I think it's still possible to look at fic like this one and want those idealized Mm -hmm. things for yourself or even maybe have some expectation of it Mm -hmm. that like if you fall in love it should be sort of easy and funny and nice yeah but I think there's also if that's tempered by real world realizations you've probably already had for sure (laughs) and I also think there's something just in authors like um and I don't know necessarily that I know how to articulate why but it feels a little bit different to me like uh, like fic authors being like I want to just give these characters something happy and nice and easy versus Nick sort of, like you were saying, like, um, maybe the way that the movie industry makes it feel like this is what it's supposed to look like versus fic being, or fic or fandom just being like, well, this is what I think is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Probably because we don't really get it in, like, mainstream media very much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I just thought it was interesting how you were, because because you're not wrong, Nick, in comparing this to a rom-com. Obviously, we've said it a bunch, (laughs) like, that is sort of textbook what this fic is. But also, like, seeing the ways in which um, it both is and isn't applicable to this fic and also just fic in general, I thought was super interesting. Yeah. So, originally, when we had the concept for this episode of, like, a sort of holiday-ish, like, winter-themed episode, um, 
at first I was like, oh, hell yeah, this will be so easy. I've read so many like holiday fix. And that's a little bit true, but then I realized probably like 95% of the like quote unquote like stereotypical holiday fix were all Steve Tony. Um, <laughs> Read. Stony till I die on this podcast, Read. I mean, obviously. Read, bring us more Stony. Where I is am... the Stony Read? Read. Spo- spoilers for next episode. <laughs> okay. Pew, pew, pew. Okay, okay, um, okay, okay. I guess you're doing your duty. Fine. Yeah, so I was like, oh man, almost all of the like fluffy holiday fic that I can think of or even not fluffy just like holiday fic is Steve Tony so I was like great let me go digging for some other stuff um and I realized sort of while I was doing that that um some of the things that in my brain I was associating as holiday fic really had nothing to do with like the holidays or winter and I think that's because um I particularly think of like rec exchanges and specific fandom rec exchanges that I see every year as being holiday fic just by nature of like the fact that they all come out in December, a lot of them are, like, labeled holiday fix, um, or, like, we are doing, like, a holiday rec exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's something nice and maybe a little bit frantic about this time of year <laughs> where all of the fandoms sort of converge, and they're like, great, one million rec exchange options. <laughs> yeah. um, like, this fic in particular was part of a, um, it's called Winter Chills Rare Pair Exchange, um, and I sort of, like, browse through some other fix in that exchange, and some of them are holiday-esque and winter-esque, and some of them just aren't. Mm. Um, but I wouldn't think of them as, like, not holiday fic just because, like, they are part of this, like, holiday rec exchange, if that makes mm-hmm. any sort of sense. Um, and I think that is, like, very fun for me this time of year, um, even if I'm not participating in things, or even if I'm procrastinating, <laughs> like I'm supposed to be writing, um, to see all of these exchanges come out and to sort of associate this influx of fic mm-hmm. with holiday time. Yeah. Yeah. A gift. Um, I think this has changed a little bit over the years, but I remember like when I got into fandom and definitely like before I got into fandom, you really didn't put a lot of your real life stuff out there on the internet, like yeah. your name and your address and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to exchange holiday gifts with your friends in fandom, you probably weren't going to be mailing things to their house. Um, and if you want to mail something to Brenda's house, though, her address is... Don't fucking dox me! <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, if you wanted to exchange holiday gifts with your fandom friends, you probably weren't mailing things to their house. So um, giving and writing fic is such an easy way to do that anonymously. And I think that that's probably one of the reasons that this has been so prominent for so long and has stuck around for so long. I think that's just like really sweet. It's a fandom's own sort of way of celebrating. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, this is just a fic I wanted to share because, like, it was very funny and fun and light, um, and, like I said, even though it wasn't, like, necessarily, like, super all-in about the holidays, it still had a lot of things that, for me, like, it still had a lot of things that, for me, are, like, reminiscent of holiday fic in fandom or just sort of this time of year, um... And I thought all of the characterizations were delightful. If you're looking for a good laugh, um, I really don't think you need to know much at all about BTS to be able to follow along and just sort of enjoy this rom-com adventure. Yeah. (laughs) So my pick for this episode is called Always Winter. It's by AO3 user Halo Tolerant. 
and it is that classic holiday fandom, um, Tintin and the Chronicles of Narnia. So I want to preface this by saying that I discovered this fic because I didn't have really any holiday fic that I wanted to do off the top of my head, and we had discussed not wanting to do three like Christmas fics because um, the holidays are more than that. Not that I picked something else that was super holiday-esque, but you know. Um, so I ended up going through a past collection for Yuletide 2011 <laughs> just you know, yeah. see, to see what's out there. Um, I found a bunch of really random fics. So to those of you who voted in my poll about that persuasion fic, that Jane Austen persuasion fic, um, that will be coming eventually, but I decided not to do it for this episode. Um, I don't know hardly anything about Tintin. I just want to say that. Um, I did some research after I read this fic for the first time, but going in, I was like, that's that comic, I think, with the small boy. And then I just read it. Um, It's 3,000 words-ish, so it's very short. Uh, It read to me a lot like an original short story, just because I had very little idea of what was going on for most of it. Um, But in a way that really worked, I thought... Uh, So for those not in the know, Tintin is a comic. Tintin is the main character. He is a little Belgian lad. Um, He's a kid reporter and an adventurer, and he has a talking dog. That's really all you need to know for this fic. Um, It is also a crossover with the Chronicles of Narnia. (laughs) So that's like the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and some other, um, you know, books, pieces of media folded in under that as well. So All you need to know about that is that Narnia is a world, a world. Um, In this fic, it is still under uh, a curse of eternal winter by like the white witch, whatever. So that's, that's the two fandoms. Um, uh, I don't have any really specific content warnings that I can think of. Like, it's a fairly melancholy fic. It's not super like bouncy or happy in the same way that the other ones that we really talked about this episode were, but I don't really, can you all think of anything that I need to be warning for? Mm. Illness. I mean, yeah, it says additional tag illness, but I don't think you need to. He's sick. (laughs) That's it. Yeah, nothing that I really think you need to worry about. Go look at the the tags, the summary and stuff. If you're like, oh God, I cannot handle all the snow. Like that's, that's fine. Um, That is your prerogative and I respect it. Don't read it. Content warning, snow. Content warning, snow. Maybe if you were traumatized by reading Chronicles of Narnia as a child, I wouldn't recommend reading this. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) uh, The bit where What's-His-Face gets taken by the White Witch. Oh, God. basically what happens to Chang in this book. I can't remember his name. Edmund? Edmund. I was going to say Edwin. Edwin. Close enough. Anyway, I think the the fun thing about this one... Oh, and then they eat um, (laughs) Turkish Delight, and I thought that was so lovely, and then I... Yeah. We read it, that book for class, and someone's parent brought an actual and Turkish no delight. And it. It's so disappointing. Yeah, it's not great. God, yeah, uh, what's your face? Whoever's writing Chronicles of Narnia, yes, yes Lewis. <laughs> yeah, him. So this fic is centered on Tintin. It's very much Jen. Um, there's no hint of romance, which you know I think is probably good uh, for this fic in particular. It is set in a situation where Tintin has been a little bit sick and he's having these dreams about this boy named Chang, who is the boy that his parents adopted in China. So Tintin is staying um, at this sort of, gosh, what would you even call it? I assume it was a boarding school. Like a boarding school. school type situation, yeah. 
uh, with this woman called just the matron. She's looking over him and he is having these dreams set in Narnia. And the implication is that he is going to Narnia um, and that he has to rescue Chang from this sort of like evil powers that are that are happening from the snow from the ice uh it's you know i'm sure there's a lot of metaphor in there that i was unable to parse (laughs) myself but i thought it was really lovely honestly the prose is really 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 well done and i really enjoyed reading it despite the fact that i don't know anything about this fandom and neither reed nor brenna to my knowledge are in tintin fandom either (laughs) I'm actually a Tintin stan for oh, life. Oh, shoot. She's a Tintin stan. I didn't even know. I don't actually think I've ever read one single thing involving Tintin I ever. I have. I read mm. a number of the comics as a kid. Yeah. They're fun. Sorry, I Brenna's think... the Tintin stan. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've not thought about Tintin in, in many years. Um, yeah. I liked the comics as a kid. I think looking back, uh, some of them might have been kind of problematic. I was also reading the wiki last night. And I was yeah. like, oh, God. Um, but for the most part, Tintin's a pretty fun character. He has a little dog named Snowy. That's also important to the spec. It is, yeah. Did you like it? I loved it. <laughs> Yay. Why? <laughs> um, I, can't, I can't. I'm sorry. I spaced out while you were talking. Did you sort of mention that it reads as short fiction? Yes. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I think one of the reasons I really liked it was what you were saying about it reading, like, short fiction. Um, you don't really need to know much of anything or remember anything about, like, Chronicles of Narnia if you had read it as a kid or something. Um, it's just a very well-written short story that I think does a lot of world-building on its own. It definitely draws from these two sources as inspiration, um, but it doesn't use so much of them that you feel lost or unable to connect with it. Um, I think it does a really good job of bringing in the pieces it wants to use and changing them and making them fit this story. Um, I thought it was really well-written. I just really liked the prose of it. I thought it um, sort of combined these different worlds of like Tintin at school and Tintin and Narnia. Which is still just a wild place to say. (laughs) Um, Very well. I liked how Narnia was written in this. I think it has a bit of that... um, I don't know what the right word is. Like, the characters in Narnia always sound so formal when they speak. Mm -hmm. Um, Like... It has a high fantasy edge to it. Yes, yes. It has a high fantasy edge to it, I think. Like, I remember from reading... Like, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, a lot of the characters in Narnia in that book um, have a particular sort of way of speaking mm-hmm. um, that is very sort of, like, adult, even though they're talking animals. Yeah. Like, Mr. Tumnus and Aslan and all of them mm-hmm. have a sort of, like, wiseness to them. A wisdom, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and I think it gives that to Snowy and to the other animals in this fic. Um, I just thought it captured that spirit of Narnia really well. Um, I thought it was really lovely. And I think I think it was fitting, too, that I always imagine Narnia as this very much this space that, like, children can access. Yeah. It sort of has that edge of, like, you need to have an mate. Um, you need to have an imagination to be able to be in this world. Um, and so I thought it was fitting that that's where Tintin ended up. Yeah. Same. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I mean... Um, I, I, I don't want to say the same things you guys just said. Um, no, I agree. Um, I definitely... When, when Nick first pitched this fic to us... Um, <laughs> 
Retta and I could not stop laughing, not because we were like, no, uh, sorry. Hey, LaTolerant, you're a joke. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, LaTolerant, get fucked. <laughs> oh, no. I'm ah. so sorry. Um, when Nick first pitched this fic to us, I was like, oh, boy, okay. Like I said before, I've never read a single Tintin thing, so I was like, okay, I'm just in this, I guess. Um, and even though Nick had described it to us as melancholy, I definitely didn't expect it to, um, like, have the impact that it did. And I think a lot of that work is done, like you both said, because the prose is is so well done. And because, um, sort of as Breno was saying, it really does have this really, really well done middle ground between, like, feeling true to sort of the elements that make Narnia the series that it is, but also doing its own world building. Um, because you very much, like, don't need to know anything about Narnia or Tintin to enjoy it, but at the same time, if you do have knowledge of those elements, I think it really, um, is, like, lovely to see the ways in which they're integrated into the fic, and then the ways in which the author makes it their own. Um, I thought the way that Tintin is presented was really nice. Um, maybe this is just how Tintin is written. I don't really know. Um, (laughs) but he's, like, as you were sort of saying, like, he's, like, a boy who has imagination and sort of all the characteristics you would need in order to be able to enter this fantastical world. But also he's, like, um, much as, like, you know, little protagonists are, like, he's brave and he's um, really steadfast in what he wants to do. Like, he is determined to go rescue Chang. Um, and, you know, at the the matron of the boarding school where he's staying at sort of is like, oh, you're having these bad dreams and that's okay. Like, they'll just pass away. Um, and Tintin internally is like, no, this is real. I'm going to go save him because, like, that's how children's stories go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was really lovely, the way that this fic did that as well. One thing I was thinking about as you were just talking now is, like, the characteristics of the Pevensey children in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe and how those characteristics allow them to change Narnia for the better and, like, become the kings and queens. And there mm-hmm. are certain things, their bravery, their, like, trueness, their pure of heart, um, all of these things sort of win over all the animals. And I think that that is very present in Tintin here as well. Like, when he comes in, Snowy and the other animals are like, uh, you better get out of here. Like, this place yeah. is fucked and, Watch like, no out, place son. for you. <laughs> um, but he sort of wins them all over and convinces them that like it can be changed and like he can do good um and I just found that very true to like the sentiment of what it is about these kids and about their sort of like righteousness that can change like the dark state of Narnia yeah there's some really beautiful dialogue I think that does this work too of showing us what Tintin's convictions are he's very heroic in this fic which I thought was interesting um there's a bit where um, he says, I'm going to help him, Tintin says softly to whatever is listening. You, you are only a boy. Tintin nods. So is he, and he needs me, and he is more afraid than I am. And that is such, like, a quintessential hero sort of thing to say, of, like, it doesn't really matter if he's scared, it doesn't matter if he is young, it just matters that he's able to help someone, and so he should. Um, and I find that really lovely. Um, I wrote the inherent goodness we need in a hero. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also wrote, I can't believe this fic made me a Tintin stand. <laughs> <laughs> because it really did. He's just lovely. He's he's lovely and he's so he's so good. And there is sort of this really interesting dynamic at play of people trying to protect him and Tintin parsing out how far he needs to go to protect himself versus how much he needs to do to help someone else. Because he does fall somewhere in the middle, too. He's not super reckless or anything. 
I also thought it was really interesting the way that uh, Tintin sort of approaches the whole thing in the fact of, like, him appearing in Narnia. Mm. Um, Because sort of, like, the first time that he appears there, he wakes up in a bed um, and then realizes that his bed is, like, in the middle of all this snow in the middle of these pine trees. Um, And he's walking around just sort of trying to orient himself. And there's never really a moment of, like, panic. He's just Mm. sort of, like, you know, walking. And... There's the acknowledgement that, like, he went to sleep in a bed and that maybe this is a dreamscape, but also there's sort of, like, a groundedness to it that I think is sort of like Tintin being like, well, this feels real and it sort of is real. Um, And then in the first appearance of Snowy, like, the dog comes over and talks to him. um, And Tintin kind of looks at this dog and just goes, um... Tintin sort of looks at the dog and instead of being like, oh my god, a talking dog, why is this (laughs) happening... Um, the dog is like, oh, turn back, and Tintin goes, why? Because what, what is the use of any other question? Mm. And I think that sort of is the heart of the Tintin at this fic, is, um, he doesn't sort of, like, grouse the situation, he doesn't, um, try to, like, wonder if it's real, if it's, like, worth his time, it's just sort of, like, here's what I, where I am, and, like, here's what's happening to me, and, like, now I'm going to do something about it. I'm gonna do the thing that I feel is right. And I just thought that was, like, very lovely. Yeah, I think that's interesting, like, what you're saying about how, um, Tintin takes what's happening at face value um, and accepts this as something that is real. I think I read it as a little bit more of a dreamscape than you originally did, um, but not in a way where I didn't think Tintin was taking it as serious or as real because the things that are happening in Narnia are very much happening. Um, this is not imagined. This is not f- false. Um, he does save Chang. Um, and he was there. But at the same time, there are elements of this that make it, I think, a little bit more fantastical than I found. Or not, like, um, that make it a little bit more dreamscape-y than Narnia is in, like, the books. Um, for one, he wakes up in his own bed there, so that has to have transported him somehow. Um, Chang is also there, but in the real world, they're both like asleep or ill um so there's sort of two places at once which doesn't happen to the kids or anyone in the narnia series when they go to the world mm-hmm. um he also gets to narnia the same way a few different times which if i remember correctly is like a problem in the books um like the like right because she like goes through the wardrobe and the next time she goes through she can't get there by herself and it has to be someone who's never gone who like can get through it in the same way or something oh, i have no idea i think yeah. that's right <laughs> yeah um i don't know if that continues to be the same thing like throughout the books but if I remember correctly like it's a little tricky to get there Mm -hmm. um and Tintin seems to manage it effortlessly (laughs) um so there are a few things like that that made it read more dreamscapey to me I think um but I think it's very telling but I think that contrast between it feeling more dreamscapey than Narnia does in like the books versus Tintin taking it as real is very telling about Tintin's character in this um, and his approach to what's happening. Um, But I also liked that twist on Narnia. I felt like it was very fitting for this. It would have been, I think, harder to believe if he had gone through a wardrobe (laughs) um, where it was sort of easier to accept because he just woke up there and it was a matter of fact. Like, you as a reader were also like, we're here now. Mm -hmm. There was no, like, just go back through the wardrobe, Tintin. He was there and he didn't know how he got there, so he had to stay there until he's not there anymore. Yeah. Some, I don't actually know if this is totally related. I'm going to go for it anyway and you can cut it if you want. Um, something I kind of... Um, a scene that I really liked that sort of branched off that, like... Um, I don't know, that kind of hazy middle space between, like, 
uh, his real life in the boarding school and what's happening in Narnia. Um, and something that to me felt very true and reminiscent of like the Narnia books was um, there's a bit where Tintin and Snowy are in a cave with a bunch of other animals and Tintin is half asleep and there's a badger singing mm-hmm. and Tintin sort of wakes up and overhears some stuff and then falls back to sleep. And as he's falling asleep, he kind of notes that the badger singing sounds a bit like the matron at his boarding school. And that was just a really, that was a, and that was just a line that stuck out to me a lot because that felt, like I said, very reminiscent of like the C.S. Lewis books and also just sort of the way that Narnia functions in mm-hmm. that, um, as best as I can recall, like in the Narnia books, like even while the children are like fully in Narnia, there are sort of like parallels to their life yes. at home. And so I liked that little detail in this fic. I think there's a feeling in Narnia where it's sort of like, in some ways they've just stumbled upon this world, but in other ways they were meant to be there Mm. because the world is sort of built around them in a way. Um, And I think this fic had a really similar feeling. Like in some ways Tintin has just arrived there, but in some ways he and Chang were always meant to be there. Yeah. I did want to talk about, before we wrap, the reason that I picked this as my holiday pick because I don't think I've mentioned that to either of you, really. <laughs> Aside from, you know, there being snow and it's winter. Um, because I think that this fic, I was trying to put my finger on it as I was picking it. And I was having a really hard time. And it took a lot of reading and, like, taking notes and stuff to figure out that, for me, this fic feels a lot like it settles on the themes of childhood and wonder and these blurred edges between reality and this other more magical world where things can be different and better but not always happy. I don't know, there's there's something about all of those things put together because this feels like literature about childhood, but it does not feel like it was written for children. I was very, very aware the entire time I was reading that I was an adult. And throughout this fic, as Tintin kind of comes back into the world that he considers his world, um, the matron will tell him, like, oh, like, you're sick, just try to rest. Or, oh, when you sleep and have these terrible dreams, try to think about happier things. She doesn't really seem to know how to help or fully believe him. And as I was reading, there was a really deep sort of sense of melancholy in me because one of the themes of this fic does seem to be that as a child, you have to trust your own imagination and intuition because adults are unable to follow you into that space. But knowing myself, and where I am in my life right now, if I were in the position of the matron, I would be saying the same things. I would be feeling a lot of the same things. And I think that sort of growth, it reminds me of like the Polar Express almost a little bit, right? Like you can't hear the the bells anymore um, when you stop believing or that seems to be a theme of a lot of holiday stuff too. Like with even with Narnia, you can't go back um, once you hit a certain point in your life. So um, for me, I think there is this really really inherent melancholy to it as the reader knowing that like I am not like Tintin in the ways in which we see him in this fic um that reminded me of the holidays (laughs) (laughs) no but I think you make a really good point which is a lot of um media I think uses sort of a veneer of Christmas magic that children can believe in Mm -hmm. to transport them other places as you were just saying that about like the Polar Express and about Narnia Mm -hmm. I was also thinking about like the Nutcracker Mm -hmm. and how Clara goes to this other world that like is it imaginary is she dreaming is it real we don't really know but she can get there because it's a kid and it's Christmas and there's magic yeah 
So Always Winter is a Tintin Chronicles of Narnia crossover um, that sounds a whole lot funnier than it is. <laughs> um, it's a story about childhood and heroics and magic and finding something within yourself that might also be somewhere else, I guess. Yeah. That's so lovely. Oh, thanks. Yeah, so those were our fix for this episode. Um, we hope you enjoyed them. We hope they gave you like a bit of the holiday spirit, holiday yeah. feeling. Um, as you can tell, they're kind of all different. So hopefully <laughs> if you're, no matter what you're looking for this holiday <laughs> season, maybe one of them will appeal to you. And if you have holiday fix that you love, yes. send them to us. Um, I think this is going to be coming out like right in the middle of the whole shebang yeah so so if there's something that you love um i'm sure i'll be feeling particularly christmassy for myself at that moment um i'd love to read what you've got um yeah and on through the new year i just i love holiday fic i love winter things yeah, and if you have non Christmas fic, I would love to see it yeah. as well. I was trying so hard to find some for this episode, and I could not find something mm-hmm. that fit the way that I wanted it to. So please, um, all holiday traditions welcomed. Um, I would love to dip into that more. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we have something fun and different for the next thing that's going to be released. Um, we are doing our first mini sode. Yeah, we're very excited. Um, we thought, <laughs> that, that woo sounded yeah. so excited. I'm excited. Um, yeah, we thought for the holidays um, to give us a bit of a break and you guys as well, we would do something a little bit shorter. Um, we are so, so, so excited um, for our mini-sode. We're going to be talking about some of our top fix of the decade. Um, Those are hype horns. We're sure you guys have seen some, like, there are a lot of things going around the internet of people's, like, top 10 movies or songs or whatnot, um, and we thought it would be fun to do, yeah, some of our top fix that we've loved so dearly. It's going to be hard. Um, yeah, I'm so stressed. worth of fic. That's basically my whole fic reading life. Yeah. <laughs> I got to pick, like, a top few. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. Um, but I also think it's going to be super fun and also tell you a little bit about us, like, to see what our Death. very, very most loved, most favorite fics are. Yeah. I'm absolutely petrified. What if I pick one and then later I'm like, oh no, was that really my favorite Stony fic of the decade? <laughs> what to say? But if you also want to make little yes, top lists, um, I think that that would be so, so fun. Maybe we'll start a hashtag or something yes. on Twitter. Um, I'd love to see yours. I think it would be really fun to see as like a community what people have loved, yeah. What, yeah. what people gravitate towards. Definitely. Yeah, so we're going to be releasing this mini-sode on the same sort of schedule that we'd be releasing a normal episode, which is to say uh, two weeks from today. Um, the Today being the day that this podcast is releasing. <laughs> yes. Um, so our mini-sode will be out January 3rd, and then on January 17th, we'll be back with a regular episode, episode 8. Um, but this one is a little bit different. Yay! Bren, why don't you tell us about our next regular episode? Yes! Yeah! So between um, the mini-sode coming out and episode 8 coming out on the 17th, my birthday is in the middle of that. Um, so we're <laughs> doing a birthday episode for me. We <laughs> yeah, so we decided to do birthday episodes for uh-huh. each of us. Um, me and Nix will be in quick succession. Yeah. And then these will be in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta wait a while for mine. Um, but we decided that it would be fun to sort of pick a theme for those and for that theme to be a trope that 
each one of us loves. Yeah. Um, so for me, because this will be my birthday episode, I picked the trope dream sharing. Yes. It's one I of my can't wait. very favorite things and something I associate so much with fan fiction and not really any other type of media. Mm. Um, so I'm super excited about it. I have a fic I really, really love picked out and I'm I don't think I've read either of your picks, so I'm super excited to read them. Yay! Why don't you tell us what your pick is? Yeah, so my pick is going to be a fic I really love. It's called The Denial Twist, and it's by Be The Change. It is another BuzzFeed Unsolved fic, um, Ryan and Shane. Uh, but yeah, this one's dream sharing. I This is like a fic I was like two paragraphs in and I was like, yes like <laughs> hell yes I love this it's was made for me um so I'm really excited to bring it forward I think it's a great example of this trope and um just a super fun ride yes Reed which one are you gonna bring um hey folks remember how I said I was gonna bring Stony to you in the very near future <laughs> yes. here it is um my pick is dreaming through the decades by the apple pie lifestyle it's Spoilers, Steve Tony. Um, wow, the stony life. The stony life. <laughs> Bren, when you said you wanted to do dream sharing, this was my immediate. I was like, great, I know what I'm picking. Um, I have loved this fic so, so dearly from the moment it's come out. It is probably one of my, like, most reread fics. Um, I really, really, really can't wait to talk about it. It's dream sharing and also, minor spoilers, it's also soulmates. Um, <laughs> wow. I, which wow. feels very on brand for me. Um, yes. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk about it. Nick, what about you? Yeah, so mine is a bit of a non-traditional dream sharing fic, I guess. Uh, that's all I'm telling you. Go read it to find out what I mean by that. <laughs> um, it's called This Is Not a Dream by Aguacates, and it is a BTS fic. Yay! I also knew immediately that I wanted to bring this one. I love this fic. Yeah, so I think we have fics we're just super excited about for that episode. Um, but yeah, we're going to do something. It's sort of like our usual episode with a theme. Yeah. And that yeah. theme is my birthday. Celebrating <laughs> so Brad. Get hyped! <laughs> um, we yeah, can all and, party together. Yeah, wow. and between um, this episode and that one, like we said, is our mini-sode. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, I'm very excited. I know we talked about it a little bit, so but I'm very excited to see, like, what fix y'all are bringing. I know. I Me doubt too. We will have any crossovers, <laughs> so I think that's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And if we do have crossovers, I will just have to fight you. To, we'll fight to, to the death. death. Yes, yes. We'll fight, if, if we have to fight to the death because there's crossover in our <laughs> lists, stay tuned for the call out. We'll be looking for a new host. Yeah. <laughs> so get excited. You better not have any crossovers. Though. Oh, no. Seriously. Yeah. It'll be a disaster. Probably not. <laughs> I'm just thinking how we were like, oh, Duel we're going we're gonna to pick a, a, a follower and we're going to roast them. And now it's like, <laughs> we're going to pick a follower and fist fight them to death. I was thinking like lightsabers. Oh, nice. also fun. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. As always, you can find us on Twitter at FitClick and Tumblr at FitClick.tumblr.com. If you are participating in our rec exchange uh, between now and the next episode, you will receive your personalized recommendations from your partner. So be very excited for that. We'll keep updating you all on our social media. Um, but other than that, we will see y'all on January 3rd. Happy New Year! Yeah! Happy New Year! <laughs> yeah. Wow! Bye! Bye.